Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Economist. From The Economist in London, this is Money Talks, a weekly conversation around themes in business, finance, and economics. I'm Stan Pinal, the banking editor, and joining me this week is Edward McBride, who edits the finance and economics section. This week, we will look at troubles at Deutsche Bank and HSBC and Iceland's capital controls. Edward, it's been a busy week for global banks with defenestrations at Deutsche and a strategy update at HSBC. That's right. This huge upheaval. Uh, Deutsche Bank's co-CEOs, uh, Anshu Jain and Jürgen Fitschen, have both announced their uh, resignations, a sort of staggered resignation that takes place over a year. Andrew Jane going first, Jürgen Fitchen going next year. That was all a huge surprise because Deutsche had only very recently unveiled a new strategy and it was thought that in particular Andrew Jane was going to lead the implementation of that strategy. So everyone was taken aback over the weekend when, when the resignations were announced and now this week we have HSBC announcing yet more detail on what seems to be a sort of many year long review of its operations, paring down both staff and and operations in various countries trying to sort of streamline the bank. You say it was a huge surprise that Deutsche's management was effectively pushed out, but actually they'd come under a lot of criticism from investors and regulators. That's right. So this new strategy was a bit of a mixed bag. It was just unveiled a few weeks ago. It wasn't quite what uh, investors had been hoping for. They'd been hoping for something that seemed very bold, perhaps turning Deutsche Bank into a purely investment bank, uh, getting rid of all of its uh, retail operations. The management decided not to go for that, and shareholders reacted badly. There was an advisory vote at the annual general meeting, which did not suggest that that they were very impressed uh, by what Deutsche Bank had come up with. There have been two capital raisings under the current co-CEOs. If Deutsche needs more capital, that you know that would that would be a huge embarrassment. I think there's a sense that over the past three years, they they have never quite fulfilled the promise of of the various ideas they've put forward. You know this better than any of us, Stan. I mean, could they have found a better way out of their out of their current straits? Yeah, I think there was a sense that Deutsche Bank had failed to make some pretty important strategic decisions. If you look at other European banks like UBS, like Barclays, like Credit Suisse, uh, they'd been much bolder in restructuring their business, uh, not only in the aftermath of the the financial crisis, uh, but more generally in the new regulatory environment that, that came out of it. Uh, and Deutsche Bank had this wait-and-see attitude, which investors were, were pretty unimpressed with, in particular uh, when they saw that other banks like UBS saw their share prices surge, uh, whereas um, Deutsche Bank is pretty much at the same level as when uh, Anshu Jain came in and Jürgen Fitchen in 2012. By contrast, HSBC has done quite well since Stuart Gulliver came in in 2011. Uh, and the strategy that uh, they announced on, on Tuesday was really more of what markets were expecting rather than anything radically new. 
Edward, another consequence of the financial crisis was the capital controls that was imposed by Iceland uh, when its banking sector collapsed. It was announced that they were about to be lifted this week. Capital controls aren't much loved by economists, but have they worked? Well, the the Icelandic economy is is doing remarkably well. You have to bear in mind the scale of Iceland's collapsed finance industry. The Icelandic banks had assets 14 times the size of Iceland's GDP when the crisis struck. Total cataclysm for, for, for the Icelandic economy. And as you say, against the um, advice of, of, of many, Iceland imposed these capital controls. I think the idea was just to give the economy a bit of respite to to allow it to grow again. And, and indeed, it is doing that. It grew by 2% last year, better than many European countries. It, it's projected to grow faster this year. Unemployment's very low, around 4%. Again, an enviable rate by European standards or any standards, really. The, the capital controls were obviously successful in terms of allowing Iceland the space to restore a little bit of economic calm and, and indeed return to growth. This announcement was very striking. In theory, it was the announcement that, that Iceland was lifting capital controls, and that is what they intend to do at the end of this year. The problem is that foreigners who have claims on the banks that failed, that were, that were in effect nationalized, they want to withdraw what remains of, of their interest in those banks. And that's a huge amount of money. It's, it's about a quarter of Iceland's GDP. So even though it's seven years later, and even though the Icelandic economy is in some respects back to normal, clearly the Icelandic authorities are very worried about the idea that they could just declare open season and allow that huge amount of capital to to disappear. Um, that would put pressure on the kroner. It would send up inflation. It, it would rekindle the turmoil all over again. So what they've said is the foreign creditors have until the end of the year to agree a deal whereby they sort of resolve all the legal claims around the banks and they make some kind of contribution to a government fund that's supposed to help Iceland pay for the damage done by the collapse of the banks. Either that or they pay a 39% tax on the capital they take out of the country. So it's not as if they've they've just said, all right, fine, it's all back to normal. You can take your money out now. Clearly, they're very worried by the prospect of, of big and, and quick capital outflows. Edward, thanks very much. That's all we have time for this week. For more news on business finance and economics, you can visit economist.com. From London, this is The Economist. The Economist.